You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We are in Grateful Series, but the title of my message today is I'm Coming Home. I'm coming home. I didn't get to see this last service. Oh, great job. It's beautiful. It's kind of like a Studio McGee landscape. Very good. Um, And uh, so I'm coming home. I just want to share a little bit about my past and those Goliaths that um, I feel like got uh, creeped in inside, that I left a doorway open somehow. And that happens to all of us, right? You don't know where this came from. Why am I thinking this way? And it's not like I'm having some trauma in the past or whatever. Or maybe you do, and then and you can identify. That's the reason why. But for me, it was just, you know, some way around in, you know, in my past, I opened up a door and let the enemy get in and uh, control some mindsets. But um, so God spoke to me through this song, I'm Coming Home. And when I, was, when I was getting this download and just crying in the car about this song, it actually made me think of, of orphans. And um, I'm, I'm not an orphan. Um, my, in my family line, though, I do have some orphans in my family. Um, but for some reason, I always get really emotional when I think about orphans. <laughs> Pixar does a really good way of portraying orphans and makes me cry every single time. I watch a Pixar movie. I was even in the spa getting my nails done and doing a whole treatment. And then, um, you know, they play this Pixar movie and it's for kids inside this little glass case wall. And I can see through it and I'm like, I know that movie. And I'm just crying because it's hitting me. And I'm bawling, and I'm just praying, God, I pray that they won't mess on these tip nails, you know, like these. Anyway, I'm shaking. But um, so that's what really gets me. I don't, I'm not like a huge crier, but when it comes around talking about orphans or people not having a family, oh my gosh, it gets me. My husband, on the other hand. I'm not trying to bus drive. He is a courageous man. He's a man of God. It's just that he has a really, really big heart. And uh, so we're watching TV, and, uh, you know, it's one of those shows that is uh, Extreme Home Makeover. And when it gets to the point where they say, move that bus, I look over, and then here's Matt. (laughs) It's just an emotional time. It's It's emotional. And so I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. I like what they did. But he's just really impacted by these people's lives getting changed by the decor in their house. So I really appreciate you about that. But yes, going back to what makes me cry, that orphan spirit. But I think it really uh, drives home in me, like I said, not because of a circumstantial upbringing that I had, but because I had an orphan mindset growing up. I don't know how it creeped in. But it did. And here's what an orphan spirit will say. No one's picked you. No one has wanted you. No one's chosen you. And you feel lost like an orphan longing for a family. So this is when you find yourself in this mindset, maybe you haven't done anything wrong necessarily. In fact, you can be completely innocent. But you're longing for unconditional love in a family, but you're asking, why have you not been picked or chosen? So this is a message to you all. So we're going to break this mindset by the end of this. 
Um, but a little more about my history and where I feel like the, the enemy tried to get in in certain things. Um, one was really basic. I'm the youngest of a family of, uh, with four siblings, but I'm the youngest by uh, 16 and 17 years. So, um, so when my, uh, my sister closest in age, when I was born, um, she was 16. I have another brother who's 17 and another sister who's 17. And when I was born, they were out on the baseball field having a, having a game. And I think it was also homecoming. So here's the cool little fact. When I got born, they came in dressed in their homecoming gown. So they greeted me very properly. <laughs> And uh, so that's who I am. I'm, I'm a young child. Some people could have said, oh, you're a mistake, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> the other thing, cool thing with my brother and sisters is that they're super athletic. And I was athletic too growing up, but not as um, athletic as them. My sister still holds a, uh, two ro- world records actually in running. So she's uh, really good in running. She does everything, like the 400, 800. Um, she did some marathons, but she holds the world record in the 800. And then she also has a team who did the 800, and it was a team of four women. And so they hold, uh, the same group of women have two world records in different things. So they're amazing. So, um, and then my brother went to a really prestigious uh, college, and he still has records. His name is still up there for um, whatever he did for running. <laughs> And my other sister does too. I have, my, I have my little trophies that I did, but because of the age gap, my brother um, was actually, was my coach growing up in high school. So he was my, uh, my running coach, my track coach. And you know, I have to tell you, the last year I gave up. I was like, you know what, I'm done with this. Because he would put me, every day he would make me throw up. I would have to go, because they were like, oh yeah, you're gonna be a really good 400 runner. And I was, I, I, my thing was 64 seconds, which to me was all, that's cool, right? But um, they had me do the long races, like the long, uh, you just have to run a lot. And then, <laughs> And then the sprinting side where you're like, again, your heart is racing so fast after 10 seconds and you're like, it's that dream where it's like your legs don't work, but you're running and then you see people go, I've had a lot of those dreams. But anyway, I was like, enough is enough. I'm going to quit track and I'm going to continue tennis because tennis is my thing. All right, guys. But anyway. I was VOL all league, so nah. Um, yes, and then also, so we were, you know, the little God squad growing up too. Um, I think my husband could have shared a little bit. But yes, so that was our thing. We would, I would bring my Bible to class and I would put it down. And then we would have these conversations with each other. And, and we'd say, oh, in science class, I read all of James. What did you do? It's like, we're the God squad. <laughs> but still really cool guys, okay? We're still really cool. And and uh, so don't, don't knock us. But yeah, so we had this whole group of, uh, I, was, I was rolling with these group of, of friends. And uh, so we were trying to win our high school. And we, it's only a one high school town. And so we, we actually, it did. It went from 12 people to over 100 people in the time we were there. So we didn't know, but that's revival, right? And we were in revival. And, um, but in that, so again, my brother, he was my youth pastor growing up as well. And uh, all my brother, I'm going to give him this message, you know. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so he, he led our youth group. And uh, so he told us, like there were about uh, a group of 12 of us. 
and he said, hey, like in this year, as leaders, you're going to be going up and, and give a message. And I was really scared about it, really intimidated, but I'm like, okay, we're all going to do this. And, and I was like ready the whole year to do my message. And then the end of the year comes, and I never got to do my message, guys. Still to this day, never got to do my message. Everyone else got to do their message. Matt got to do his message. He was really good. His cousin Megan got to do a message. Oh, she's really awesome. It's just on down the line, all these people, except for me. What about me? So anyway, that, as well as I had two people in my world um, that were my best friends. One was the salutatorian, and then the other was the valedictorian. So this is my life. I am around people who are very skilled. Um, they are exceptional people and uh, great leaders, friends who are leaders in my world, and people who are very, very smart, getting all these scholarships. And then there's little Lorenny. Here I am, a little worm that my future son was going to squish now. <laughs> and uh, so that is where, again, nothing traumatic, but the devil can get in our minds by certain little doors that we let creep open. And then we try to try to repeat a cycle, a pattern. Oh my gosh, they shut my voice down here and, and I'm, not, I'm not skilled enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. I'm not any of those things. So now I'm gonna accept that. I'm gonna accept those ident the, the identity crisis that I'm under. And then I'm gonna try to figure out what I'm gonna do in the world and live my life to the fullest. However, just like when I'm coming back to the I'm coming home song, um, when you live your life trying to search for your identity and search for love, search for love in all the wrong places, um, you will start to have an identity crisis. <laughs> that will be your Goliath until you actually find your true home, which is in Christ. And so, amen. And that song, I felt like what it is, it was a person who was trying to search in the world and they're saying, you know, this is how I become loved and known and, uh, and how I become successful is because I am I'm really smart. And, the, you know, they're trying to find all these different titles and identities. And then they've just given up and they're kind of sitting back and they're having this epiphany that, they're sitting in church, just like how we're sitting in church right now. And they're hearing God, the, God's voice, maybe for the first time. And then all of a sudden, everything changes from inside of them. Everything that they were searching for, everything that they were longing for was right here in this building, right here. And, uh, and then they started to come alive and then they blossomed. And then the spirit of God fills them up and they say with a courageous voice, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world that I'm coming home. Let the pain wash away all the sin of yesterday. I know my kingdom of God awaits and he's forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world that I'm coming home. Amen. Maybe your voice has been attacked. Maybe you felt less than insignificant. But with God, when you hear his voice and him calling you, he has called you and he has chosen you. When we look back on King David, this is before he became king, but, uh, but a prophet came and it was, a, uh, it was an act that God said, go over to this person's house, 
look at all of their brothers that are there, and uh, you're gonna, I'm gonna tell you who is going to be the anointed one to be the future king. And uh, so he came, the prophet came, and all the brothers were lining up. Maybe there were like eight or nine of them, I don't know. And actually, we do know probably. We could read our Bible, and you'll, you'll know. And, <laughs> and uh, so he's going through, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're a handsome man, and you have a lot of muscles. I'm sure it's you. No, no. And then he's going down, and meanwhile, David is out with the sheep because he's been rejected and abandoned, and uh, he wasn't called to, to be a part of this whole great, uh, you know, homecoming thing. And uh, so, but finally the prophet says, no, you guys all look awesome and you have all these great achievements, but no, I, I don't actually, I don't see the anointed one. And, uh, and so then finally David comes out and it's like, oh yes, this is the one that God has chosen and he anoints him. And uh, so David was anointed he, he anointed, he was picked and he was chosen. Then, so he has that experience, and so he hears the voice of God calling him and choosing him. And then he goes out on the field to give his brothers some uh, snacks and cookies, because they're out with their warrior guns on, and uh, they're all suited up. And it's like, here's some meat and cheese, so you guys can, like, get strong. And, you know, as he's doing that kind of thing, he's getting mocked by his brothers. It's like, oh, you're out here. Again, read your Bible and then you'll, you'll see what God says. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so he's out there and then he hears Goliath. But because he knew that he was picked and chosen by God, he had courage to be able to stand up to the Goliath that was taunting all the brothers and all the brothers who were up there out in battle couldn't even defeat Goliath because they don't know that they are chosen. They, they, they don't know. They didn't have that, oh, that revelation that I'm part of this family. This is who who I am. And, but, but no, David knew this is, these are God's people. It's the Israelites. Of course, God's going to defeat you. Hello. We don't serve a weak God. We serve a strong and courageous God, a, a God who's victorious, who calls us to do pathfinders, go and go to the marketplace and to uh, advance his kingdom and to build altars. That's who God is. So hello, of course, I'm going to go up and beat Goliath. So that's what he did because he knew who he was. And so he went up despite the labels of him being selfish or conceited or feeling unworthy. So God has picked you. He's chosen you, set you apart, and has gone through the process of adopting you even after he knows everything about you. Your faults and your likes, your mistakes, he's picked you. Your identity is found in God. So point number one is welcome home to family. Welcome home to family. A couple of scriptures with it. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You are adopted. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. And lastly, you are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long, long, long ago. 
You were chosen. You've been adopted despite mistakes, despite all the sin that entangles us of our past. You have been chosen. You've been adopted. You've been picked. And you are God's masterpiece that he planned long ago. You are not a mistake. If somebody ever told you that you're a mistake, that's a lie. You are God's masterpiece. Welcome home to his family. Amen? Amen. Point number two, after you have been, you recognize that God has chosen you, that he has picked you first, that he loves you, that you are fully embraced and adopted, the adoption papers has, have been signed, and uh, you know who you are in Christ, you're a part of the family. Point number two is welcome home to healing. Welcome home to healing. The only way that we can heal truly and properly is through unconditional love. And a lot of people, like what I was saying before, is that they'll try to search that unconditional love, that identity in, in many different places that um, don't have unconditional love for them. So they're not actually getting the taste of, of love. But love is God. God is love. And I... Uh, and when you have that love and when you have that covering, when you have a, a family as an identity, you go by your last name, like, yep, we're, we're Tuggles and Tuggle boys, we're going to get you, you know, like, that's, yeah, they're going to be little football players trying to, you know, tackle. But uh, we are, <laughs> but we are God's family. We're God's family. And just like in a, uh, in a family where you feel like you're coming home on Thanksgiving or for Christmas, the holidays are coming up right now, it feels so refreshing to come home. And you come home and you're just like, oh, yes, I smell that really good soup or that casserole that I've grown up with. And it's like the best tasting thing. It's so comforting. And you have a blanket around you. You're given some hot cocoa. You're by the fire. Just everything is so nice and relaxing. And then it's in that place of the, of the rest and the peace and the, the love, that unconditional love, where you can actually let go and let God heal. Healing, if you, if you don't allow yourself to heal, it's just because you don't feel fully loved. People will have blocks up if they feel like they, they need to, to protect themselves from other people. But in God, we can get fully healed. So welcome home to healing. And it's not just God, but it's the church that we have in our life. It's God. You're able to conquer your, the Goliath that taunt you. In God, yes, but also with church. A lot of us may have, you know, some ill feelings towards the church and some offenses towards the church. Um, but yes, I feel like if you've been in church for one day, you would probably leave with an offense because there's people around us. Look at us. We're a bunch of people who have messed up lives, <laughs> all of us, including your pastors. And, you know, like mess can be a little offensive. It's kind of like, like that worm that's in the ground. I'm offended by that worm, you know, just by looking at it. So you can even look at somebody and be offended. But the thing is, is that God placed people in your life to help you heal. God loves you and the church loves you. Your leaders love you. 
And so I pray today that if you have any hurt in any, uh, in any past church or if it's in this church, that God will start healing and mending that brokenness in your heart. And you're going to allow leaders to come in and be able to speak to you again. Because truly, that's where I got my healing. I carried around that Goliath that taunted me, that mindset. And, uh, and then, it, of course, the way that I was thinking was... Uh, was coming out in my words, in my mouth. So I would, you know, we were on staff a while back um, in, in youth or young adults. And um, so they would come up and, and talk about certain things and, you know, problems and what we need to fix about it. And in meetings that, where there's other, you know, like pastors and, you know, like those awesome big people, you know, that you're around, um, I would get really intimidated. It's like, they won't care about what I say. I'm just like this tiny little thing, you know? And so I would shut my voice off and I would never speak my mind because... Why would I? Like, my, my voice is kind of worthless, but I'm really good at championing other people because I can't champion myself, but I can champion others, you know? And be like, oh, yep, that was really good what you said. Good job. We're, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, great plan. Oh, yes, we can do that. I was the yes person, you know? And that was my way of protecting myself and, you know, not if something came to my mind, I would just kind of diminish it and be like, shh, your voice doesn't really matter. And, um, or I would start saying something and it would be really funny because I would stop in mid-sentence and then just be quiet. <laughs> and it was always a little weird, but I'm like, I'd just be like, <laughs> you know, just laughing. <laughs> it's like I was talking through my laugh. It was, it was a weird thing. And, um, so yes, but because I was surrounded by great people, of course, God has always been in my life and has always championed me, but God uses other people in my world to highlight things that are going on. And um, so I was uh, sitting down one time and it was actually Pastor Stacy, who I was in her connect group and she just became a great friend of mine. And she was like, you know, I always notice that you start talking and you start, you know, just like shine back and shine away. Or you just, you don't say anything. And I feel like God's given you a voice and you have something to say. And, uh, but it was from her words that like, oh my gosh, what? You believe in me? I can't believe that. And it's, it's pairing your voice with the voice of God. But also we love each other. People love you. Leaders love you. And so don't allow yourself to be shut down. And it was because of her highlighting that in me and encouraging me that made me say like, oh, wow, I need to deal with this stuff. And I need to not fear men anymore, but I need to truly fear God. And, um, and so then all of a sudden I was just having this moment with God as she was talking about all of it. And she was, you know, it was, felt like it was God telling me, hey, Loren, you know how you keep bringing up how, oh, my friends, they were the smartest people ever, and I wasn't. Or, you know, I was around all these amazing skilled people, skilled leaders, and that's who they are, but not you. Remember you rehearsing all this in your mind? Yeah, I remember that, and I'm sad about it right now, you know? <laughs> and he said, well, you're around all these amazing, great people because you're amazing and great. It was like, hello? This is why I put you around these people. And so, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, really God, you, you believe that? You see that in me? And he's like, yes, of course. You attract the people who are like you. So look at all these amazing people that you're saying you're around.
around. Well, it's because you're legit. You're awesome. And you need to start loving yourself. And so I said, okay, I love myself. And I started being really confident and being really happy. <laughs> so amen. Where am I? Let's see here. Welcome home to healing. Yes. So those attacks from Goliath, from Goliath, attacking your identity. What is he telling you? What is the enemy taunting you with day and night, day and night? And if it's around your identity, who you are, that's what I believe he wants to break off today. Thank you, Lord. Um, let's see here. So Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. And Matthew 23, 37 pairs well with it. And it says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who are killing the prophets and stone those who sent you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. This is amazing because this is truly God saying, I have adopted you, I have chosen you, and you're literally trying to kill the prophets and stone them. You're the ones over there mocking about, oh, Holy Spirit and da da da, all that kind of stuff, coming against God, mocking. But he loves you. He's still calling. He's saying, how often I have longed to gather you under my wings. There's healing in his wings. Hebrews 12, one through two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in this sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Amazing. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We are not alone. So breaking the mindset, breaking that mindset, amen. Okay, point number three, welcome home to hope. Welcome home to hope. So after we understand, okay, we are adopted sons and daughters. We are part of the family. God is my father. And, you know, I can walk around because God is like the king of pathfinders. You know, if you guys are intimidated by that pathfinder video coming up, well, guess who is the father of all of them? God. He, it's, he, and so he wants you to be successful, me to be successful. He wants us, he wants to come back to a victorious church. And so he's going to continue to train us and grow us to not stoop back, but to be someone like Pastor Becca, where yesterday she was knocking on doors to see something change. She's knocking on doors. I'm like, how can you do this? This is so impressive. I would be so scared. But she's like, I love it. I just love this. This is so great. I get to say hi and meet people. And oh my gosh, she's getting all these people uh, surrounding her and backing her up and their friends trying to do, do the whole thing. So it's amazing. God has a calling on, for, on you and he doesn't want you to do it alone and he wants you to do it healed up. So welcome home to hope. So we can let off the chains. We can actually walk in the freedom that God has asked us to walk in, that he actually has a plan and a perfect purpose, and we're not gonna be held back anymore with those Goliaths taunting us. That's gonna be broken off in Jesus' name. So welcome home to hope. First Peter 1.3 says this, Pray be, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hebrews 
We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Okay, hope. Let's talk about hope for a little bit. Because I used to get really disappointed around hope. People would say hope, and I'm like, yeah, but hope disappoints. So I would always pair hope with disappointment. But here is the deal. Here is the deal. Hope always fails if it's in this world. That's a bomb drop. Hope always fails if it's in this world. Here's the second part that's even like more of a bomb drop. I don't know what that's called. A gator bomb? Bigger? Okay, yeah. I don't know. You tell me something like this. Uh, hope is, the, is only as powerful. Hope is only as powerful as what it's anchored to. Let that seek in. Hope is only as powerful as what it's anchored to. Where does your hope come from? Is it coming from God, the maker of heaven and earth? Or is it coming from a guy that, you know, you're sleeping with and you know that it's not right, but you're trying to put your anchor in him? And God is saying, there's so much more for you. There's so much more. Anchor yourself in me. Don't let that be your anchor. It's floating up to the top. It's weak. Amen. Don't hold back and come home to God's promises. Let the rain wash away all of the pain of yesterday. I know your kingdom awaits and you've forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. Amen. We have the greatest thing in our life. We have Jesus. We have this church. We have uh, promises from God. We have, uh, he's created us and he's, he's created you as a masterpiece from the beginning of time. He knows you and he loves you and he's accepted you, he's picked you and he's chosen you even in the midst of our mistakes and even in the midst of us trying to find an anchor in someone else besides him. Even though through our disappointments, we'll blame it on God. God, this was you, you know? After we sleep with our boyfriend, well, well God, why did you even let that happen? It's like, well, he still has grace. He still loves us. Where is your hope anchored in? And today I believe we are going to have um, this is going to become an altar, which it, it always is. But uh, this is an altar where God is going to do some altering in our in our lives. That we're going to break off those uh, the tauntingness, the the torment of Goliath, and we're going to say enough is enough. And the reason why we're saying this is because God is saying enough is enough. He wants you to walk in full freedom. He wants you to walk with your head held high, just as you are a son and a daughter of the king. He wants you to act like and, and be the, the princess and the prince that you are. And so he wants to do an alteration here. He wants you to uh, be filled with his spirit and uh, to have that a, a new hope, a new living hope a hope that does not run dry, a hope that does not disappoint. Because hope 
If you don't know, it's a person, it's Jesus. And when we have Jesus in our life, when we have hope in Him, circumstances and storms may come and those more Goliaths will come in our life and try to taunt us and, and torment and torture us. But those things can come and offenses. The leaders could say something that can hurt you and those offenses can come. But we're be, we'll be able to walk healed and walk knowing that this is not the end story walk knowing that this circumstance is not the end story that you know we're just we're this is going to be an amazing God story God is going to come through for me you know maybe you lost your job because uh because you're you don't want to get vaccinated and you lost your job and you're saying well I did this because I felt like God was sharing something specific with me and uh and we're for uh choice we're for freedom and so, but this happened. You know what, despite what they say, despite losing a job or, or you know, having somebody dictate your life, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and when you're filled with His hope, you're gonna just keep on walking. And you're gonna keep on walking with a smile on your face and God's gonna give you something really creative and maybe a new plan and maybe, you know, something that you didn't think was, oh my gosh, like I feel so, uh, so happy and so joyful and so loved in this new job that I'm in. Like it took this in order for me to get here, but through any circumstance, you're able to just being able to walk through and, and know that you have the call of God, that he's taking care of you, that he's your father. He's picked you, he's chosen you, he's adopted you, he's healed you, and he wants you to live with hope. Amen. All right, just ending, I'm just gonna give you a few scriptures. You are his own, 2 Corinthians 1.22. You are not what your old labels say, you're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are set apart, Deuteronomy 14.2. You are a leader with God's authority by his grace, Ephesians 2.6. You are the head, not the tail, above, not beneath, no matter what your resume says, Deuteronomy 28.13. You have been chosen and adopted by God. You are underneath the covering of God and his church for full healing and you're restored into a living hope. Your identity is in him. All right, amen. Amen. We only have a few minutes, but I really want us to be able to take this time to come to the altar. It's not a time for us to leave and go to our car or answer our hungry tummy, <laughs> but it's our uh, time to connect with God. If you haven't been filled with his spirit, if you haven't been filled with his hope, if you uh, have, have been living in this pain and torment and you wanna say enough is enough, I'm gonna go up to that altar and I'm gonna have a renewed mind. That is what God is gonna do for you today. And you're not gonna live in that torment anymore. You're not gonna live feeling less than. You're not gonna live being intimidated by whatever voice is, is talking. You can listen to it, eat the meat and spit out the bones. You're gonna be fine. And you follow God and you are surrounding yourself with good people, good friends and good leaders who are able to talk and heal you and, and help launch you into the best person that God has created you to be. Amen. So let's all stand up.
and the worship team is gonna be up here. And if you guys aren't coming up, still stay in your seats and be praying for the people who are up here. And uh, pray that God is gonna do a mighty work in them. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your word, for your voice. Thank you, Lord, that we're just so grateful for you and for your word, that this word is truth that we stand on. It's not diluted. Your word is an anchor for our soul. It does not run dry. It is our oil that will keep us burning and keep us moving forward. God, I pray today, Lord, that you're going to have your way with people coming up to your altar. Lord, that they seek you and they thirst for you. And I thank you that you meet them, but you exceed all expectations. That no matter what circumstances are, it's not gonna dictate who they are because they, they belong to you, God. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. So let's go ahead, we can worship, but I wanna invite you forward right now. I'm gonna get off and I'm gonna pray over everyone. And let's just have this time where we're seeking God and hear his voice and let's walk away not the same as how we came in, amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.